Let's try this again. Hello, everybody. This is what, take three? Four, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Anyhow, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Homeworker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Ario, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, again, how are you? Hello, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic as always. That's like the third time I've had to say that now. Yikes. Yeah, crazy. Having a tough time getting this show going. I, I hope this, this time sticks, hopefully. And it's not us. It's our equipment, our the audio recording equipment, I guess. Yeah, it's technology. It's we don't technology. have to get into specifics. It's it, technology it being fun. It doesn't want us putting this show out, I guess. Yeah, you think that's what it is? The universe. Is that what like, you think yeah, it is? The Matrix. It's saying no. You're buying into the uh, the whole haunting? I'm not saying haunting. I'm saying it's like the Matrix. The, ma- the Matrix yeah. is is uh, against us? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, as I said before, welcome to the Home Record Podcast. This week, we're talking about the Amityville Horror. I think I'll be able to say it this time. I've been practicing. Amityville. Amityville. There it is. Well, because my brain wants to put an N in it. At what point? Like with the N, um, with the M. Amityville. Amityville. Like I think before. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up the rest of the show now. No, okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We don't have our jar to put the nickel in every time you mess it up. Word. Yeah. Aye. So for anybody that's listening to us for the first time. This is the Homewrecker Podcast, and we call it the Homewrecker Podcast because we talk about a lot of things that maybe if you're getting into discussions with other folks in your household could uh, wreck the home, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, that's not how, how the name originally came up. No. but <laughs> It's how we're making <laughs> but, it but, work with us. But that's how we're making it work now. Sure. Uh, anyway. That's what gets you to sleep at night, honey. Watch yourself. Hey, now. Okay. Hey, now. So... Yeah, we're we're talking about the Amityville Horror uh, this week, and we're going to just jump into it in a few minutes. But first off, how are you? I'm well, thank you. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. I want to, I'm doing something where I'm working on myself a lot. I've been trying to better myself and my situation. It's admirable. One of the things I'm working on is um, putting myself out there more. And so, and not being so afraid. So I'm going to take a moment to plug myself and my plug yourself. Yes. Oh yeah, please do. Go for so it. So I have an Etsy shop, Wonders by Monique. I offer tarot readings, oracle readings. I sell Organite. I have regular and beeswax. So if you don't like the resin smell, you can get a beeswax Organite and a, a device. And I also make smudging spray. I make skin salves, which are really good in the winter time. I use one of the, the skin salve on my head. You, you use it like every day. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah I like it. It smells really good. It's not greasy either. No, not at all. And it's made with beeswax from a local apiary. I make incense. I make all different blends of incense and I make beeswax candles. So I make a lot of awesome stuff. So go to my Etsy shop, Wonders by Monique, or go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. There you go. Yes. Great. That's awesome. 
I'm not. Out I'm not going to plug myself right now. But you can check the show notes uh, for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anything else going on aside from that? Um, I've just been kind of working on working on tarot more. I feel like you can always improve in like making sure I'm meditating more because I kind of started slipping away from meditation, and I feel it made changes to me. And I'm like, nope, got to get back on track. And um, I've, I'm trying to find ways to incorporate it easier into my life. Yeah, that's something that I wish I could actually like get into a groove and try doing is meditating. I've done it a couple of times mm-hmm. and it was always really, really great. I just always fall out of that routine. Actually, that, that's a lie. I never really get into a good routine um, to fall out of, mm-hmm. but that's something I definitely wish I could do more of. So it's, it's awesome that you're doing that yeah, all the time. I, what I realized is I don't have to do it for like an hour every day yeah because that's a lot of time I can do like a quick five or ten minute meditation and trying to realize like okay that's good enough that's okay to do that it doesn't have to be like this wicked deep I mean even like when I make organite when I'm like working on stuff I kind of go into this meditative state because I'm putting energy in there and one of the things I've realized is when I'm doing that outside more animals come to me, more birds come to me, squirrels come to me, chipmunks come to me, bugs come to me. And I'm like, oh, whoa. And I think it's just the energy I'm putting out, but it's really neat. So I'm just working on my meditation more and focusing on tarot more and just trying to better myself as a person. Great. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. I, you've mentioned that to me before, how like all it seems like all these animals and everything starts coming to you and you've taken videos of and, and pictures of things that have happened. And I'm just like... <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something to it, <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I support you 100%. You know thank that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, and hopefully you guys will support me too. Check out my Etsy shop. Yeah, if she makes some cool stuff on there. So. Thank you. If there's something that you have in mind, let me know, and I can see if I can make it. Now, everything you make, mm-hmm. you have molds, right? Yeah. But there's no two pieces that are the same. Because every everything that you do, it's not like it's coming off a machine, a certain ratio of certain things. It's always everything it's is unique. All like custom, one of a kind. Because even yeah. if I make two of the same thing, so let's say I have my dragon, my yeah. dragon head mold, I can do the same thing and use the same types of crystals, but it's still going to be different because everything. Just when you are doing something handmade, it's still there's no real way to replicate it because the crystals that I use, they're different shapes and sizes. Nothing is cookie cutter. So yes, everything is one of a kind. I think that's a big selling point. Thank well, you. personally, I, I feel like that'd be a big selling point. So yeah, definitely put that over. Thank you. And I make everything with love and positive energy. Yes, you do. I do. That's for that's sure. how I am. Uh, anything else going on aside from that with you? Anything new you want to talk about? I don't think so. What about you? What do you have going on? I have uh, this show that we do mm-hmm. uh, weekly. I well, I know you've been researching uh, the past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been putting a lot of time into this one. I get. I mean, and there's so many different rabbit holes to go down, which we'll talk about. Mm. There's so many different aspects of this. We're gonna cover as much as we can, and I'm not gonna go too deep into it because we'll be here for eight hours, and that's not an exaggeration. But uh, yeah, I mean, aside from that, you know, just the usual stuff, just homeschooling mm-hmm. our, our, our three boys and having a blast doing it. And uh, yeah, got a couple other things going on, but you know, yeah. that'll all come to the forefront at a later yeah. date. We're, we're definitely busy. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely keep him busy for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, all that's right. it. Do you want to? Uh, you want to get into this show? Yeah. So right. you're leading this. You're the one who did all the research. Yeah, and and you know we're gonna stop here and there and, and talk about some things. You know, anybody that's listened to us before knows how this goes. All right, so we're gonna start out with the the Amityville horror. Right? Uh, when did you first become aware of this? The movie. The mo- okay. Yeah. See, same here. When the movie came out, and I a- saw it. So when do you remember when you saw it? You had to be young, right? I think it was in like I was probably like ten. Okay, so so you were young. Yeah. Now the movie came out in nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I was probably nine or ten years old, maybe maybe a little younger. I'm not sure. It was whenever. Do you remember the old WLVI fifty six, yes. the creature double feature? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. I want to say that it was on one of those on an afternoon, and that's when I happened to watch it. And of course, as a young kid, impressionable and everything, you think everything on TV's real, or and, and especially when the movie starts and said based on a true story and true events, and when you get those kind of things at the beginning of a movie, that immediately gets you into that mindset of, I mean, for me anyway. Well, this really happened. I mean, yeah, these are actors that are portraying, uh, you know, these events, but this really happened. That immediately makes it scarier to me. To me. I don't know if everybody has that same feeling or reaction, but for me, when I when I would see that, that's what would happen is, geez, this is real. Like, this really happened. And obviously, the older I got, and, you know, you realize, well, yeah, they, they can say it's based on true events or based on a true story. And all that means is maybe one little tiny part of an event is what they used. And mm-hmm. then the rest is all embellished and changed yeah. around. So as a kid, when I first saw this, though, I, yeah, it terrified me. Terrified me. And then it kept just, you know, the iconic, the house that's in the movie and everything. And, and uh, just the, the, the poster that always just kind of stayed with me. And then any time... Uh, there would be like a coast to coast AM with mm-hmm. with one of the you know something having to do with this particular case. I'd get all excited. Uh, so it's something that I I've always like kept up with through the years. But I don't know for you, is it just the movie the one time? No, I mean I've seen it. I've seen it a few times, and yeah, I've, and that's where I saw it was on TV. And I was probably like eight, nine, ten, somewhere around that age, so late eighties. Okay. And. I remember not really being like, oh my God, this movie is so scary. Of course, this is somebody who thought The Exorcist was funny. So I didn't find it scary. I'm I'm glad you quantified your statement with that. (laughs) I didn't find it scary. I found it kind of freaky. I found it interesting. It was weird, but I wasn't scared. I think if anything, I was curious. I was kind of intrigued about it. Okay. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. Okay. Of course, I wasn't living in that house, so. Yeah, yeah, you weren't. That's yeah. true. I had and, my own little haunted house. I was <laughs> and and that, when you say you weren't living in the house, I mean that's kind of what all this boils down to. As I'm turning my pages here, uh, that's kind of what this all boils down to. Is this was a uh, supposed haunting? I I say supposed because as we're going to get into, there's a lot of people that don't buy the official story that's been put out there. Uh, so I guess the best place now you you know that the movie was based on a book, right? The book came out on September thirteenth, nineteen seventy seven. So that was a book written by Jay Anson, who passed away in nineteen eighty. So all these things that happened afterwards, or people started really digging into and, and investigating this case, 
you could never really use him as any kind of a resource to either debunk certain statements that are made or claims that are made, and you couldn't use him really for anything because he passed away. So that was that. That to me is a big, big resource that unfortunately people were unable to tap into because he's no longer with us, and and passing away so soon after publishing the book and the movie coming out and stuff like that. Like I said, it, the 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 skeptical eye was never able to, re- or the skeptical person, I should say, was never really able to talk to him and, and kind of get his thoughts on things. So, you give me a look. No, I was just thinking, because Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved in this house. Yes. So, did their were. involvement come before or after the book? This, I, I, you know what? That's a great question. I'm not going to pretend to know the answer. I want to say it came before, but I... I, I don't know because none of the re- none of the stuff that I got into mentioned them at all. Okay. So none of the resources that I looked at, none of the sites I looked at, had mentioned their involvement. So I can't give you a definitive answer. Because okay. we've talked but, about them before in yes, a previous yeah. episode, and, and, and kind of debunked it, all yeah, their claims in a sense. <laughs> yeah. um, one could say that. So it just kind of when you have that factored in, it just makes you wonder: Are things really skewed? Um, was there some kind of truth to something, but then it just got snowballed into so much of like fabrication that yeah, the actual little bit of truth is no longer there. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, 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 before we get into everything, mm-hmm. I'm going to go, one of the sites that I, that I checked out and there, this is a great site, Amity, Amity, see now I've, I'm messing up Amityville, Amityville, FAQ.com. And see, it's like you want to put an, N before the M when you say it. Yeah, strange. Am I the only one? Well, now now I am too because now you've put it into my head. So now that's all I'm seeing. Thanks. Um, But uh, right on the on the front page here, uh, I'm just going to read you the the uh, what what it says. It says the story of the Amityville horror has been exaggerated and fictionalized since the very beginning. The true facts of the murders and haunting have been buried under years of myths, misconceptions, and outright lies. And these falsehoods don't seem to go away. They simply get copied from one article to another, from one website to the next, leaving people to assume the lies and myths must be true because that's all they hear. Our goal is to strip away as many of the falsehoods as possible in order to reveal the facts related to the 1974 murder of the DeFeo family in Amityville, New York, as well as the subsequent haunting reported by the Lutz family in 1976. This is an ongoing project, and then it goes on, but... Essentially, that that encapsulates this whole story for me because there are so many different facets of this that have been reported, that have been quote-unquote debunked. It's crazy. And and yes, even going through all my research and everything, I noticed a lot of the stu- same things you'd see, like this says, were copied and pasted almost. I mean, granted, some words were changed around and things like that, but for the most part, the ideas all seem to go you know, from site to site, from source to source. So, hmm. yeah, it just pretty... makes me think of when we talked about like the ghost stories, like legends, yeah. haunting legends. How there's kind of like a base of information, but then it kind of changes from different people and over time. Yeah. So is that kind of what that feels like? Uh, yeah, a little bit, okay. a little bit. And you have a lot of different players that are involved in the story, and and we'll get into some of them, but. Let's let's get into it now. Let me just get into a brief overview mm-hmm. of, of the history of this whole thing, and then we can start picking it apart. 
So Amityville, it's a town that's 30 miles outside of New York City. Now, on November 13th, 1974, Ronnie Ronald, excuse me, DeFeo Jr., he was 23 years old at the time, he murdered his entire family while they were asleep. He used a 35 Marlin rifle to do the deed at around 3.15 a.m. Both of Ronnie's parents and his four siblings were all shot and killed. Now, there's, there's, we'll, we'll break it down from here. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different websites. Uh, po- there's been podcasts devoted to just the murders themselves, never mind anything that was reported to have happened afterwards, just on the murders themselves. A lot of weirdness surrounding all of that, right? So, DeFeo allegedly shot and killed everybody, his entire family, and now the gun he used, it's a rifle, thirty-five Marlin, really loud. Mm-hmm. As most rifles are, but really loud. The The home is located with, it's got neighbors on either side of it. It's, it's in a neighborhood. The murders happened around 3.15 a.m. is what the estimated time was. Nobody heard it. Nobody heard a rifle shot. You have six people get murdered in their sleep. How are you the sixth person that dies and you don't wake up? From five other people getting shot. So are they saying that? Because I thought like they woke up, but they had nowhere to run to or they couldn't move. They were afraid. They were all shot were... in their beds. From everything I've seen, they were all shot were in, their, really in their beds. Were they really heavy sleepers? You'd have to be a pretty freaking heavy sleeper. Now, one of the theories was that, that I read was that they're, they were drugged. That's what H- I was going to ask. However, like, were they drugged? However, the coroner in the DeFeo murder trial... For Ronnie DeFeo, he said that the toxicology, there were no drugs at all in any of the bodies. So I don't know how that theory got spawned, but I mean, in the trial itself, unless this guy, unless this this medical examiner, excuse me, was making it up, toxicology says that there was no drugs involved. Nobody was I'm drugged. thinking a little nighttime hot cocoa for everyone. Sleep a little something in it. Get them to well, we'll see that that would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and. I think that that's where a lot of these theories started to come out. But if you look at the trial transcripts of the murder, no. Hmm. Yeah. So going based off of that, that's not the case. So that right there is kind of strange. And how did nobody, no neighbors heard the gunshots? Nothing. So how does that happen? That right there is strange. Really good insulation, good windows, soundproof. I don't know. But, but okay, that's fine. But again, how did none of the other family members hear anything? So that led to a lot of people, just those different aspects there. And, and even the police sheriff that investigated, that was part of this initial investigation, said that there's no way it was just him that did it. He had to have had help. I just had a weird thought in my head when you were saying that. Go ahead. Be, like before you said he had to have help, just like how could he have done it? I could see him striking deal, deals with different siblings. Like, we're going to kill everybody. And then just stay in bed. I'll take care of it all. Just lay in bed so everyone's laying in bed waiting for their sibling to get shot. And then That would that would imply that they all must have hated each other's guts. Yeah. If they were willing to strike a deal to get everybody killed as long as they lived. That's kind of, that's pretty morbid. I'm just trying to think, how could we make this work? I guess that's one way. Yeah. I guess that's one way. Now, DeFeo was obviously found guilty because there's, I mean, all the evidence pointed right to him. And 
we'll, we'll come back to to DeFeo and and, and a lot of the people that were involved in that and and stuff having to do with him. We'll come back to him in a little bit. Or is it possible he didn't do it at all? It's possible, I suppose. He he has changed his official story of what happened that night so many times that it's. I don't even think that guy because he's still alive now. I don't think he probably even remembers exactly what went on. His story has changed so much. So who knows? You know, who knows? Maybe if they were all under control of something. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if maybe that could be a possibility. Okay, so 13 months after the murders, the Lutz family, George and Kathy and their three children, uh, purchased the home in, in Amityville, New York. <clears throat> Excuse me, on uh, Ocean Avenue. That's that's uh, an important detail. Uh, the DeFeo murders occurred at 112 Ocean Avenue. The home sold to the Lutzes for $80,000, which at the time was considered a pretty drastically reduced price for that piece of property in that neighborhood and everything. Makes sense. A whole family it was, got killed there. Yeah, so. I guess eighty grand. It sold for about half of what it was worth at the time. So that's yeah, that's a pretty down property value. Oh sure, absolutely. And and they the Lutzes say that they knew about the murders. They didn't buy the home unknowingly or anything like that. So they they saw it that it was available, uh, and reportedly they jumped at the chance because it was it was a steal essentially at that time. So the Lutzes lived in the house for less than a month. They left after only twenty eight days. They claim that they had a number of different paranormal events that occurred. And those different events, the stories of those events were the basis of the movie and the the book or the book. And then Mm -hmm. the movie, I should say. Now, some of the things that they claimed to have experienced, George Lutz would wake up every morning at three 15 AM. I wake up every morning at like three 30. So I don't know if that, what that means, (laughs) but the significance of 3.15 a.m. is that that's what the estimated time of the DeFeo murders was. Mm-hmm. So that's the significance there. So if that's true, okay. That's 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 strange. One could argue but, you have it it's subconsciously in your mind if you knew that and that kind of information came out and it was public. That could be subconscious. So now that it's in your mind, that's why it's happening. One could argue. I, you know what? When you said, yeah, I, I thought that exact same thing okay. because I'm not taking any of this, anything anymore at face value. I try to rationalize. I try to pick it apart and, and see, can I explain it away? So, so that was one of the first instances that was a little bit strange. I guess you could, you could file that under peculiar, but I mean, is it, is it paranormal? I don't know. Not really. Not I don't think. What else? The entire family claimed to smell strange odors. They said that they saw green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes. Sounds like a mold problem. (laughs) Uh, They claimed that they experienced cold spots in certain areas of the house. Sounds like a heating and ventilation problem. Right. That's, again, that was my first thing was you smell strange odors. Okay, you're in a new house. So, yeah, you're going to smell things that are maybe strange to you. Mm -hmm. Maybe there was mold like you said. Who knows? I don't know what the... Uh, home inspections were like back then or if they were even done. I, that's something I didn't look into. But obviously nowadays you have people inspect your attic mm-hmm. for mold. If you have an attic, or they inspect the basement. They inspect the entire home before Electric. you buy it. If Yeah, if that's something you would like to do before you buy a house, that's mm-hmm. you know, pretty common. But I don't know how it was back then. 
So yeah, that's that's another one of the aspects. They said they smelled strange stuff. Okay, that to me that doesn't mean anything uh, without getting into specifics. And even then, it's a new house, so who knows what was there? Now, here's a, here's a weird part of the story, and one that makes a lot of people go, "Oh, this had to be true." Allegedly, a priest came to bless the house, and he claims that he heard a voice scream, "Get out." So after that happened, he told the Lutzes to never sleep in the room that he heard the scream in. All right. I mean, now you think about it. A priest, especially at that time, that's an unimpeachable witness, right? Who's going who's gonna to question a priest? Especially back then. We're talking over 40 years ago. Who's going to question a priest? So, you know, 1975. But moving on. So that, that I mean, again... Could now I know that in the book, just staying on the priest for a minute, the name was changed. I I did not write down the real name of the priest who this supposedly was, but that gentleman never did media. He didn't do any interviews or anything like that. So it's kind of tough to say. Was the priest story just something that Jay Anson inserted into the book? I don't know. They also claimed to have experienced a garage door opening and closing on its own. Could be an electrical issue. So, I was, I'm like, what, but what is I'm, it electrical or manual? Because if it's manual, see, that well, see, that's the thing. I could not find any information on that. Uh, so, if it was electronic, I was thinking about it because I'm like, okay, if it was a lot. If, if it was an electronic garage door opener. Mm-hmm. First off, were those things even around back then? Because I, I wasn't sure. So I actually, that was a question. I'm like, I got to find the answer to that just so I can be as thorough as I can. And yeah, they were around. Okay. They were around back then. They were actually invented back in 1926, which I thought was like, really? Wow. That far back? So if it was first invented in 1926, yes, by the 70s, it would have been something that was being used pretty regularly in mm-hmm. homes, but you still had doors that didn't have an electronic garage mm-hmm. door opener. So- if it was electronic, which again, I don't know if it was or not. I couldn't find that information and I didn't read the Amityville Horror book. If it was electronic, I mean, th- you could explain that away with, was the entire family present when the garage door was going up and down? Because it said that it was several instances of this happening. So were they all together when it happened? Was it like two of the kids in the garage door was opening? Was it just one person at a time? Because if, if it was, one could argue that, well, somebody in the house was just taking the button and pushing it and messing around with them, mm-hmm. right? Or, especially back then, could a neighbor have had the electronic garage door opener, if you believe this part mm-hmm. of the story, and maybe they're on the same frequency, and he, every time they're opening their garage door, it's opening the Lutz's as well. Could that be? If it's pointed at a certain way, mm-hmm. at a, you know, could that be? Yeah, absolutely, because that is a real thing. That mm-hmm. happens. So either intentionally, maybe they, they knew that it happened, they were just messing with the Lutzes because, you know, new neighbors, maybe they didn't like them, they rubbed them the wrong way, something, who knows? Could they intentionally have been just messing with them by doing the garage door thing, not knowing of these alleged other things that were happening in the house and just like, hey, let's have some fun with our new neighbors? Or, was or they it could an just be driving by, thing? hit the button in it. Right. Did it. Or was it unintentional? Who knows? But I, I, I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's, that's it, okay. So moving on, another thing they said was that they experienced a knife being knocked down in the kitchen by an 
quote, invisible spirit. I don't know how they knew it was a spirit. I don't know what made them think that. But again, something like that can easily be explained away. Have you ever, when you're in the kitchen cooking, have you ever knocked something down or maybe had like, you know, if you were wearing like a long shirt or your baggy clothes or something, have something get caught and, you know, you turn away and you, it drops on the ground. Has that ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me. I've had I've dropped things that were caught on. Well, where a piece was of the knife? Like, was something. it in like you know how you have the knife blocks? It's like a like a holder. All your knives go in. If it's there and it comes out and falls, that's weird. But if it's kind of just on the counter and falls, did it specifically say? It depends on where you look. Oh, yeah, that story changed quite a bit. So I, I had it being in a knife holder and being taken out. You know, coming being forced out of the knife holder mm-hmm. and onto the ground. I've had it uh, at the edge of the table being knocked down and uh at the edge of the counter being knocked down it depends on where you get at the, the story edge of the from. counter table being knocked down yeah that's easier if there's if the kids are upstairs playing and the house is thumping the vibration could yeah, knock it yeah, off depending on yeah depending on how solid the structure is i mean in our house right now if i'm in my basement my kids are jumping up and down it shakes the house we I have a feel. solid structured house too it's, yeah. it's just so it all depends yeah sure so i mean so that something like that could be explained away i think and again, where I couldn't get a definitive, this is where the knife was, I, I don't put a lot of stock into that story. And even then, so what? That could be explained away so many different ways. Mm. Now, here, here it gets a little weird. Kathy Lutz allegedly was levitating above the bed. The claim was made by George Lutz saying that he woke up and there she was above him. Sounds kinky. <laughs> Now, for something like this, I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, how do you explain that one away? And if he was awake, if he woke up and he had been awake for a bit maybe and he saw her up there, okay, I don't know how long she was levitating for. I couldn't get that detail. I don't know how high up above the bed she was levitating for. I couldn't get that specific detail. Again, different sites and different areas, different things that I looked at had different info you can never get the same concrete number right mm-hmm. so i was thinking about like how do you explain that away and then i thought if you wake up out of a deep sleep are you do you know that you're truly awake yet maybe he woke up and saw her levitating but he wasn't actually awake maybe he was dreaming maybe he was like half asleep half awake and i thought about something that happened with you just last week. Yeah, because so, that's what just came to mind. Yeah, so t- tell that really quick and then we'll get back to it. So I had fallen asleep. Like we were in bed and we watched TV and I fell asleep while the TV was still on. Alex was still awake, I guess. I fell asleep. It was not for very long. You were out for maybe 15, 20 okay. minutes. Okay, so I was asleep for 15, 20 minutes. But what had happened was I had woken up And when I open my eyes, I'm looking at the ceiling and I see something like not directly above my face, but a little further, kind of like if it came straight down, it would be around like my, like my waist area. And it's weird because it's like this weird fleshy pink color. And it's like, it, it wasn't worms, but it was like a, like the way it was, these stringy things were integrated with each other. And it made like a weird kind of flowery shape. And I'm looking at it like, what is that? 
what in the world is that? And, and then my brain is now, I'm waking up and my brain is starting to analyze. I'm like, oh, maybe it's a spider. So then I'm like, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, like, I was thinking it was like fell on the bed and I had to get up. And so I just jump out of bed, like super quick. I'm out of bed and I'm looking for it and I'm looking at the ceiling and I'm looking down at the bed and I'm like, where is it? Yeah. You woke up and you went and you, you woke up and jumped out of bed. I'm like, on my feet. What's what's like, the matter? Yeah. And and that's when you and you started telling me all this and I'm looking up like there's nothing there. What are you talking about? So, I thought of that because yeah, it was just kind of strange and you explained everything. I'm like, okay, cuz you literally you you jumped out of bed. Like you just explained all that, but in real time it happened. I'm just sitting there, you're breathing heavily next to me, you're asleep and then all of a sudden you you're up and out of bed. I'm like What's going on? I, so you see this thing that you think you saw. I think you probably were still half asleep and in a dream. Well, I was. And you just kind of popped up, and, and I think weird. you didn't get away. I think you didn't wake up fully till you were on your feet out of bed. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I I, I was in that weird like half asleep, half dream. That's what I. But I just I remember thought. like yeah. I was trying to focus my eyes, and the more I tried to focus my eyes, the more my logical brain started kicking in of well, what could be on the ceiling? A spider. So all of a sudden, it was like okay, there's a spider, and it's really big. Because I mean, it was like so like if for the people watching, like this big on the ceiling, it's freaking huge. But um, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. Just my imagination. So I thought of that when when I was reading this story about George Lutz. Like, okay, maybe the guy was just, what? Well, one thing is, could it be she like was hovering over him? He's laying down and she's hovering above him, like checking on him. I didn't even think of that, but that could obviously, because that again, could be too. Yeah. Like if somebody's right. like hovering over you, like if, oh, hold on. Look, look at that. Sorry, this huge huge woodpecker just like outside of our window freaking ginormous yeah that was big that was awesome and he had some food in his mouth so sorry okay back to uh <laughs> but levitating. no like if she's hovering over him like checking on him so like leaning over him yeah it, if again he's half asleep he might think she's levitating because she could be like like hovering like up over him so he's underneath and she's like a foot above him, but it's just the upper half of her body. That's an explanation, okay. I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay. Why not? <laughs> we'll, we'll Pop it in my head. Things it could be. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, submit that to the court for evidence. Exhibit <laughs> C. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. No. I, it could be, but I, I I think for that one, I I thought he probably just woke up and. He was still half asleep. Maybe he wasn't even awake, and you know, one of those things. That's what I thought. Or. Or he just made it up, which I'm inclined to believe as well. <laughs> uh, now, supposedly, the two of the the two sons, Daniel and Christopher, were their names. They also supposedly levitated above their beds. But again, but who saw it? I could not find who saw that on any of the different sites that I looked at. I couldn't. I couldn't find who saw it. So again, that could be something that might be in the book, but the book itself, there was things that were changed. So who knows? But who if knows? information was either information, people, they're getting either from the book or another type of direct source, you would think. You would think. Now, I listened to a, a podcast recently with 
uh, Christopher Quaritino is uh, his name. Uh, that's his biological father's last name. That's the name he took. So his explanation, I could only listen to like 20 minutes of it because they, they start, you know, the podcast starts a couple of general pleasantries exchange. They go briefly into the history of the house. And I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but essentially what he said to the hosts was, if you lived in a house and with all, would it be possible to live in a house with six murders committed and not have there be negative hauntings and energy there is what he said. So immediately I said, I thought to myself, okay, if that's what you're basing everything on is just that belief that because something bad happens somewhere that obviously there's going to be bad stuff there immediately that to me, even though it's the kid that lived there that discredited him for me immediately, because that's just, that's just, to me, that's absurd. Okay, something bad happened there. Doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's just going to be bad all the time. That to me, that was like a very dogmatic viewpoint. Like you're just there can be nothing else, no other explanation. You cannot question the validity of the Lutz family story because something bad happened there. So don't question it. Just take it for what it is. Because there were six murders there. How could it not be the case? That was that was what he said. So that's, I mean... It sounds like he's trying to set it up to, like, hold on to that negative energy. That, and that's exactly what I thought as well. So yeah. I thought, when when, he heard, when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I can't listen anymore to this because he's already painted, he's already but, saying... So this is the kid Christopher, but he's this, not going by Lutz. He does, no, he's not going by Lutz. I, I didn't listen long enough to know why he's... If he ever went by Lutz, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He may have always gone by Corotino. I, I don't know. So... He's basically trying to say, like, how can you say any of this would be untrue? Because look at what happened in the house. Exactly. Exactly. So So, there's no chance that everyone could have just their energy could have moved on. There's no chance because something bad happened in the house. So how could this, how could the Lutz story not have happened? This is his, those are his words. Again, not verbatim, but that's, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's Hmm. very close to what he said. So I thought that was a little... And I feel like, yeah, I get that. But if you hold on to that mentality that it'll always be like that, I feel like you're generating that energy around you. Or you want that kind of... um, That thought to be in people's head to believe what you're saying. Yeah. Well, 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 see, again, just saying it and framing it like that, Mm -hmm. to me, immediately goes... You don't want anybody questioning anything you're saying because you're setting forth this rule right here. Like, this is your rule. You can't question it because this is law. This is it. Like, nothing could be different from huh. this. That's how I took it. I mean, and, and I don't agree with that, but. But I mean, that's, yeah. that's how he's framing his whole story. Okay. Look, these murders happen here. How could there not be something evil and negative and hanging around just by everything we know about hauntings and everything else? Okay, so basically you can't question him or his family's story because there were murders that happened in this house. That's how I took the statement. I mean, again, like I said, after he made that statement, I only listened for another minute and I went, okay, this is how this is going to be. There's not going to be any... To me, everything's tainted just by that statement, so I, I couldn't I couldn't continue. Okay. So what else happened? So the other thing that happened that was... This one I couldn't explain away with anything other than they made it up. George and Daniel, 
his stepson Daniel, were supposedly stared down by a pig-like creature with red eyes through a window. So they're looking through, they're looking, they're in a room, and, and through a window is a pig-like creature with red eyes staring so at them. So through a window, meaning like on the outside, or through like... Could it have been from like a neighbor's house? Could it have, like, are, were they on the first floor, the second floor? I think if I remember in the movie... And again, I mean, this is this is a movie depicting this alleged event. I think it was right in the window. But like on the outside. On they're the, on the yeah, inside, yeah. they're on the C- outside. Correct, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I mean, I don't know how do you explain that one. Like you said, it could have been... Could it maybe, have... maybe somebody playing a prank on them, who knows. Yeah. But it was just them two. So was it they maybe... Said... Did one... Did when did the they other... move into the house? What month? Uh, it was in December, I December. believe. December, yeah. okay. Because I'm trying to think, New York weather. Could it just be an unfortunate looking person? And they're just like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> and they've got red eyes, <laughs> glowing red eyes staring at them. Who knows? But that that one I couldn't explain away. Really bad allergies, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple other different anomalies that happened, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, George Lutz aged a bunch in those three weeks that he was in the house. I mean, if you watched... Now, one could say stressful situation. Okay. That can, that can age you when you're under extreme stress. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I look at it a few different ways. You can look at it at the way of the people knew the story and they let it get into their heads. So things that could be naturally explained, they didn't accept that and they took it as this place is haunted. Uh, yeah. I, who knows? Now, or it could be they're just making stuff up because they're like, oh, let's take advantage of this and make a payday. Uh, that's well, we're going to get into all that. Okay. Now, these are all the alleged events. And, and again, there, like I said, there's other things that, that George aging. Um, Kathy saying that she just became really negative the whole time that she was there, that she just quickly noticed change in her own personality as well as George's. They both quick, quickly became negative, and then all these things started happening. So, of course, again, this is all their word. I mean, this is what they mm-hmm. say happened to them. Now, after they became, they went public with their story and everything, they took a lie detector test, each of them, to prove that their stories were true. Now, you take a lie detector test, you'd think for sure, I mean, if they pass mm-hmm. it, then yeah, they're telling the truth, right? Well, they both passed. So they could believe they're telling the truth. Because we've talked about this before. Yeah, for sure. If you believe it, Mm -hmm. then you can fool your body into thinking it's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if they're telling the story enough and they're getting out there and and then they slowly, yeah, you can can start to believe Mm -hmm. your own hype, I guess is is, uh, one way of putting it. So they did take a lie detector test. So that immediately gives them credibility. They have a, uh, allegedly a priest who had this, experience happening to them so that immediately gives you credibility you have those two things right going for you so they they told their story to jay anson who was a novelist and he wrote the book the amityville horror huge success big hit and then they made the movie he sold the rights to uh, i believe it was nbc mm. and they're the ones that that uh, ended up making the movie so the movie came out in 1979 and of course there's all kinds of this is where they get famous mm-hmm. right i mean really famous because now the world knows about their story yeah. you're, you're giving a look where you No, i'm just thinking like did we ever did it ever come out how much money they got what the deal yes. was with the book yes so uh according to george they made approximately two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the book sales okay 
and they made 160000 for the film. That's, that's what they made. Now, I don't believe that they wrote anything per se. They just but gave their, their story. It's their story, yeah, right. They so, sold their story. Correct, yeah. So I don't think they got royalties or anything like that. But I, again, I don't know their particular deal. This is George's words. This is what he said. Okay, in, but in so they interview. did make yes. money. It wasn't like, a, hey, we're telling our story. Correct. And then they don't see a dime. Right. They, they did, did see money. They did profit from it financially, okay. yes. Which, okay, I mean, you know, I'm not going to villainize them for that no. at all. no. I mean, if you think about it, if it really was happening, gets you money to get the hell out of the house. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was reported that George Lutz dabbled in the occult. He supposedly he had seances in the house. He used a Ouija board uh, a couple of different times. There's a, a bunch of different things. He brought a lot of different occult type books into the home. Sounds dangerous. Dabbling. In the occult. Yeah, but it never, nothing I could find really went into specifics mm-hmm. other than used a Ouija board and had a seance. So, okay, I mean. Now, did he do that after things started happening or was it just a, hey, we bought unclear. a, okay, because if you, but again, again they're they, only they there for, knowing. they're only there for 28 days. Yeah. So it's not like this is a, a, a long time that they're there, they're less than a month. So the, t- yeah, the timeline's unclear on when he did everything, but. Yes, you're you're right. They they knew going in that the house this happened at the house. Mm-hmm. This is not like they were going in blindly. They knew that these murders occurred. Now, it was also reported that the Lutzes had a lot of legal and financial issues and they bought this house really unable to pay for it. They just kind of they jumped at it. They really couldn't afford it, but they jumped at it because it was such a great opportunity and such a great deal. So the, the skeptics of their story believe that they made up the story to get out of their legal and financial situations, whatever issues they were having, and so that they could make some money. That's that's what the skeptics believe. I, I mean, that's, to me, that's a, that's a reason. That's not like an implausible reason to make up a story like this if you know you're going to profit in some mm-hmm. way. Now, you could also argue that did they know that they're going to make this much money? Did they know they're going to have somebody write a book and somebody do a, a movie off of it? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't. I, I can't imagine you would know that. Hey, I'm going to come make up this story and I'm going to get a book deal and 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 get a movie deal out of it. You you never, you never know doing that kind of thing. So you could say that if you're believing their story. Mm-hmm. Now another thing that happened is that the. Their former lawyer, the Lutz's former lawyer, a gentleman named William Weber, he had a falling out with them over money issues. And in 1979, right around the time the movie came out, he claimed that Kathy and George and himself made up the entire story over several bottles of wine one night. So that's their their attorney who says that he made it up. Now, them. one could argue he's pissed at them, so he's saying that to try to screw them because he's pissed. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say that. Yeah, absolutely. You could say, well, they, they, they effed them out of money or whatever, so, so he's he going to say this to screw them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You could, you could definitely say that. 100%. Daniel Lutz, one of the sons, uh, claims that the house ruined his life. He says that he continues to have nightmares about the house to this day. Uh, and he was actually the main subject of the documentary, the, My Amityville Horror. I think it's on, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So if you have Amazon Prime, 
and you're interested, you could, you know, check out that documentary where he goes into his personal story. And again, I don't know how I feel about it, about hit, hit, you know, what he's doing and saying, but at the time when all this stuff was happening, he was five years old. So mm-hmm. how much do you really remember when you're from when you were five? Yeah, yeah. And again, when you're young and you're and you are that impressionable, if you have your your stepdad and your mom or your older siblings telling you things, you could be coached into saying certain things. And well, not even, just that, but if you're five years old and you're being told this stuff, like to believe that this stuff is real, then that can mess with you. I mean, that sure. in itself can give you nightmares if they're talking yeah. openly about a family being killed in there. You have a five-year-old who's like, "Is my family going to get killed? Is something going to happen to us?" Yeah. So I don't, I don't dispute or doubt his story that mm-hmm. he still has nightmares that he maybe had a tra- traumatic experiences in the house. I don't doubt that mm-hmm. at all. And again, you got to remember to a five-year-old who is moved into a new environment and is only there for 28 days and then yanked out and, and basically, you know, again, could be just told this is why we're leaving Mm -hmm. or what you never know. You don't know. So I don't, I don't discount his stuff too much. And and even, even with what his brother said as well, it's tough to discount it because we weren't there and they were young at the time. So it's, it's really difficult to say either way, you know? Yeah. Now, I, I think I mentioned before how Ronnie DeFeo has changed his story several times of what happened. Yeah. But one of the stories, one of the things that he said for a long time was that he heard voices in his head that were urging him to kill his family. So that was one of his stories. So if you believe that, okay. that was. But again, like I said, he's discredited right off the bat just because he's changed his story so many times I can't really believe it. No. One thing I saw um, a video about, and I don't remember all the details, but it was basically this guy who is able to allegedly pinpoint sound so it's aimed at one specific person so only they can hear it and no one else can. So it's some way of controlling and manipulating sound waves. Yeah, there's the, the U.S. government has that technology. Yes. So yes. this mm-hmm. guy was able to do it on his own. So the, I want to say, was it like, it might have been from BBC or History Channel or something. So he's in a library and allegedly, again, I don't know if I can believe it because they could have just had people acting or whatever, but he has this device and a microphone and he was like, hey, you... And he points it at a certain person and they're looking around and like he'll say something. So it's obvious, obvious that they're being spoken to, but they're saying no one else can hear. Now, we've heard the government has had this type of technology. This is not a secret. This is technology that exists. One could also possibly argue that is it possible that somebody was doing that to him to try to trigger him to do something that is that is a conspiracy theory were they yes and were they using that as well to somehow could they hypnotize the family to keep them complacent while they're being murdered Wow, that's an aspect I hadn't considered. But yeah, you're, you're getting out there now. I'm just throwing it out there. You're, you're I like getting to look way at out all there. possibilities. Yeah, you're getting way out there. Yes, the technology exists. It, I forget the name of it. I think it's, I think it's uh, 
oh, it's either Word of God or Sound of God yeah. technology, something like that. Yeah. And it, that's the name of the technology. And yes, they absolutely have it. They can now. beam into you, you a specific, mm-hmm. they call it a targeted individual. Yeah. And they can, you can hear voices, you can hear music, you can hear whatever they want you to hear. Yes, that technology exists. You saying that that was maybe possibly used on Ronnie DeFeo and his family. But the question I'm now is, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Why? I, I, right. I'm not going to say but it's. Why? Im, I'm not going to say him? it's impossible. Why them? Is there something deeper well, going on? Well, I, I, one of the conspiracy theories is that the government did do this. I wasn't going to get into this, but since you brought it up, uh, that was one out there. I don't agree with it at all, but it was one that was out there, and it was because. The family, allegedly the DeFeos, were involved in a lot of drug running and they had some problems with the mafia and the mob. Allegedly. Now, again, I didn't look too far into the DeFeo history. So maybe it was history. more of a private type if somebody had access Whatever. to it. Whatever. I, I don't okay. want to go down. Again, remember I said at the beginning, rabbit so many holes. rabbit holes? Yes. There's a million okay. different rabbit holes. So I don't well, want to go too out of crazy that into one. that. Yeah, let's okay, get out let's, of that. Let's move forward. Okay, now that you've got me all messed up, I'm sorry. It's okay. I've I've got to I've got to get back on track here. So, in 1995, uh, a, a parapsychologist named Stephen Kaplan and his wife Roxanne came out with a book called "The Amityville the Amityville Horror Conspiracy," and what happened was, Mr. Kaplan and his wife they investigated the story. They went through all the claims. They went in the house. They Interviewed tons of eyewitnesses. Supposedly, they also interviewed the alleged priest from the story, and they debunked the whole thing. Said a complete thing was the whole thing was a hoax. So they they wrote a very good book that you can find. It's still out there. It's out of print. So if you're willing to pay a little bit for it, you can get it. Uh, but he debunked the entire thing. He explained it all the way. And this is a parapsychologist. This is a guy who was trying to prove it was true. But he could not. He could not prove it was true at all. The author Rick Osuna wrote a book called The Night the DeFeos Died, reinvestigating the Amityville murders. And his main, I guess, uh, witness, his main source for his book was a woman by the name of Geraldine DeFeo. And you say, Geraldine, who's that? Right? Well, Geraldine DeFeo is a lady who married Ronald DeFeo after he was already in prison. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting, right? And he just goes to show anyone can find love. <laughs> right, there you go. Well, Geraldine DeFeo claimed that yes, all of these things happened, uh, all the things that happened to the Lutzes were true because they happened to the DeFeos as well, because that's what Ronnie told her. This guy Rick Osuna wrote this book and used her, her testimony, I guess, to him as the basis for his book. And yeah, basically said that, yes, there was an evil presence in the house and this is what really happened. One can argue that's hearsay, though. Of course you can argue it. And actually, a gentleman by the name of Peter Paisani did argue that. He came out, he was actually Geraldine DeFeo's son. And I I heard him on a couple of different... uh, radio shows i heard him on a podcast recently actually talking about this very case and he said it was all made up it's completely complete bs his mother was a, a, a paranoid schizophrenic 
Ronald DeFeo is not the first inmate she married. She'd been married like three times prior. Yeah, he that poor he, kid. Yeah, oh well, yeah, oh yeah, and and you could tell just by you know, and, and he's just a regular guy. I think he I think he he's a, he's a New Yorker. He had a New York accent, a very thick, like almost like a Brooklyn accent, and he was explaining the entire thing. And he actually uh, said that Osuna sued him uh, because he was saying that he was hurt, uh, damaging his uh, you know his his profits for his book. There was also a, a documentary that came out based on that book, and. Osuna claimed that Paisani coming out and and calling it all BS and nonsense was was hurting his profits. So he sued him for several million dollars. And uh, Paisani thought it was a joke and didn't even go to any of the hearings or any of the trial dates. And the judge ended up throwing the whole thing out because it it, it was essentially an the lawsuit was unsubstantiated. It was basically his word against his, you know, one word against the other. He based the book on hearsay. <laughs> right. So Paisani said, you know, it's all nonsense. The whole thing's made up. And my mother's a liar. She was, you know, she's no longer with us either. She did pass away. But he said, you know, my mother was a liar. She, this was all just something that she cooked up just to make money. And she did. She profited off it. She made money. I guess she was, a, according to him, a, a heavy drug user. Not the most reliable of sources, I guess. Uh, but yes, so that was another aspect of this that came out. So like I said, there's a lot of different factors, a lot of different players involved in the entire thing. It would take us so long just to deep dive into everything. So that essentially is uh, where we're at right now, right? We have this, the murders that happened, and, and you can go down a bunch of different roads with that, trying to figure out what really happened there, because still nobody knows what really happened. The, you have the official story. You have a gentleman that was convicted of murder, but you have all these different people involved that throw questions into how exactly everything did take hmm. place. Did Ronnie DeFeo act alone? Did he hear voices? Was he, who was involved? Did he have help from a friend? Was the mob involved somehow perhaps because there were those alleged run-ins with the mafia at the time with the, with his father? I, I don't know. Again, there's so much background to this that you could really go, wow. you really go nuts yeah. with it. Yeah. And so, then you go into the different claims made by the Lutz family and you and you, you can again there's you can look at both sides and you can in my view it all depends on what you believe i think because there's enough evidence to say no they were telling the truth and there's enough to say no it's bs they were they were making it all up now the people who own the home now there have been there have been four owners since the Lutz family. Okay, that's not too crazy over how many years? Yeah, about like 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people, they move in a house, they live there for like 5, 10 years, and then they move on. Right. So, did they ever make claims of anything? Well, this is, this is the thing. The only thing that anybody has ever reported happening after the Lutzes is people camping out outside their house, staring at their house. That's it. Nobody else has had any paranormal experience of any kind. No voices, no ooze coming out of the walls, no flies showing up in a room. I know that was a scene in the movie. Nothing, nothing stranger out of the ordinary at all for four families after the Lutzes. So if you believe Christopher Quarantino that this negative energy and blah, blah, blah was there because of the DeFeo murders, did it leave with the Lutzes? Did the Lutzes... Did they help 
keep and retain that negative energy and yeah it left with them or did they go in with that negative energy thinking that did they manifest that for themselves or did they make it up over a bottle of wine or, one yeah night? or was it made up yeah exactly as huh. as their attorney said tough to say mm-hmm. tough to say but i mean for me personally i fall i look at i i look at just the evidence that's there, the evidence that's out there, the tangible, provable evidence that's there, I lean on. It's the whole thing's just made up. It's a big made up hoax. Uh, DeFeo, of course, is going to say whatever he can to try to get a lesser sentence. I mean, the guy's serving six life terms anyway at this point, and he's not getting out. But obviously, you're you're in prison already. What do you got to lose? Mm-hmm. Make make up a story, you know, or make money, or or exactly, yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> about about any of that. But I think that the 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 real mystery here is how how were the DeFeos killed, and was it just Ronnie? That to me, that's the mystery. The haunting itself, I think, is just no. I don't think it occurred. I think it. I think it was completely made up. Uh, again, we've talked about how you can beat a lie detector test. Uh, the children's testimony. No disrespect to them or anything they may or may not have gone through, but they were young. Young kids and and as credible witnesses go, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they were credible. I mean, I, I would say the same thing about my own five year old son. <laughs> you know, it, it's did they experience something? Maybe I don't think it's what they say it was though. If if they did, okay. Uh, but yeah, I personally I I think that the whole thing's a bunch of bunk. Pretty creepy story. Yeah, but it's not true. That's my feeling. Okay. And, and I mean, what about you? You uh, agree, disagree, and why? In terms of Ronnie DeFeo and what happened with him, it just seems a little suspect. It seems like there's something more to that story that we don't know. So I agree with you. Like, yes, there's a mystery there. In terms of the Lutz family and their story, I look at it two ways. Okay, I guess maybe three. You have... Maybe the place really did have negative energy and it preyed upon them because they were very vulnerable. They had financial and legal issues. So they bought this. This might be their like, we got to make this work or we're screwed. And, and that's the other thing too. Uh, sorry. I'm, I don't know what their financial problems were or their legal issues. Again, those are probably, I'm sure you could probably find that information, but that's nothing I knew. But you could say maybe high stress. Jumping, like buying a house, moving in, all of that stressful anyway. Now, if you have issues going on outside of that as well, not helping, knowing the stories, so it's possible, yes, you have that negative energy that's there and then you being stressful and having a lot going on might lower your vibration, allowing that negative energy to kind of stick and harp onto it. So could they have experienced things? Possibly. But it also could have been more subconsciously. So where there's a reasonable explanation for things to them in their mind, it just, it it was because of what happened and it was a spirit or it was this. So kind of like a thought where it splits off either maybe something really was going on or maybe they just thought that's what it was. Then you have the, they made it all up. Maybe some weird freaky things happened and they thought, hey, let's make some money off of this. 
maybe they thought, hey, we can just sell tours to the house, like haunted house tickets. But then they got the book deal and thought even better. You don't know. Um, Personally, what do I feel? Yes. It is. I really don't know. Um, I want to believe people, but I get the feeling like it just, it's not what they say it is. I feel like maybe things weird did happen, but it's not. It's all reasonably explained and it's not what they're saying it is. Okay. Yeah. That's, again, that's my feeling. Mm -hmm. And there's people that still to believe to this day, this is one of the most terrifying cases of all time. Uh, You know, I I don't buy any of it. I think, uh, I don't think any of it happened the way that they say that it did. I think the Lutz has made everything up. My personal opinion, again, no disrespect to any of the, uh, the, the children that are still alive. And and honestly, I've never heard anything uh, from the daughter that was involved. I believe her name was Melissa. Hmm. Never heard any interview or seen any interview. I couldn't find anything uh, with her either. Uh, but I did look under Melissa Lutz. I looked uh, under Melissa Quarantino. It could be that she has done interviews just under if she's married or something, hmm. has, has changed her last name. I don't know. Uh, but that's one, one voice that I, I could not incorporate into the story because I couldn't find anything and again that could just be because I don't know what her name is now uh, so nothing nothing from her was it George who was mostly the one making the accusations of things happening I believe it was uh, it was equally Kathy okay. and George I think it was okay. both of them yeah I, I think more of the the I guess extraordinary claims were George's mm. you know the, the whole the pig uh, I think there was a room of flies. I forgot to mention as well, and that was that was in the uh, in the book mm-hmm. uh, and in, in the, the movie. movie as well. Uh, there was a red room that they found on the property as well that was nowhere in the blueprints of the house. That was kind of strange. So who knows? There's theories that maybe there was some type of uh, animal sacrifices going on in that particular room. Again, How old was the house? I did not get that information. Because I want to say that the first people that lived there were the DeFeos. Oh, okay, because you wonder if there's something going on. Do they have this room because there's something illegal was going on and it's not on the blueprint. So if there was a raid, at least everything can be stashed in that room. Right, and that's where the the whole, allegedly the DeFeos were involved in drug running story came from. There was also beliefs that maybe perhaps the home was built on an Indian burial ground of some kind. There's all kinds of theories out there. I invite everybody. I'm going to put some links in the show notes, but definitely go to Amityville, FAQ.com because they have so much information on there. You could go down any one of the rabbit holes you want to. Um, So yeah, I invite everybody to check that out for themselves and just see all the different theories that are out there there's there's actually a list of all the different names of people involved in the whole entire story because there's a lot there's Mm -hmm. a lot that i didn't even touch because again this could go off in so many different ways that it's just it's 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 a pretty expansive story but for me the most mysterious part of it again it's the murders themselves that spawned everything that happened after how did those occur did defeo act alone how was he able to shoot everybody without even neighbors hearing it? And how how did everybody die in their beds? How did nobody get up and move or think to at least run to see what was going on? Like you'd think at least one of the children would be shot 
in the hallway or something. He tied them up like while they were sleeping. So there was no evidence of them being tied up. No Did evidence use, of them like, being drugged. Like um, silencers, like pillows and stuff, maybe. I. I mean, it's still gonna make a noise. I, but. I don't know. Again, d- again, that I don't know. They're all just really heavy. But sleepers. that's that's yeah. That to me, that's the mystery of the whole thing. Is how was he able to pull this off? And, and and was it even him? There's people that think he wasn't even involved. That he he was a a, a heavy drug user uh, at the time. And the DeFeos were very well off. They owned a car dealership, I believe. Uh, so they were they were well off. Uh, again, allegedly involved in drug running. We don't know if that was true or not, but that's a story that was going out there. Uh, so is it perhaps that the, the kid maybe was framed for the murder and, and maybe he because I guess what happened was he killed them at 3.15 in the morning, right around that time. And then the next day at 6.30 p.m., or not the next day, the same day, I, I guess, at 6.30 p.m., he walked into a tavern and said, my, my whole family's been shot. And he tried to say that it wasn't him, obviously, at first. He found them like that. Uh, and then, you know, the gun was found in his closet. It was deemed to be the same weapon that was used in the murders. And he, eventually he admitted to doing it, but... At first, that's what he said, that somebody killed my family. and So there, there's so much, again, to me, that's the real mystery. That's the real story is those murders. How did they occur? Why did they occur? And who made them occur? Like, who did them? Who, you know, who, who's the perpetrator of the murders themselves? Who's the actual killer? Was yeah. it him? Did he act alone? We don't know. But I, we do know he was a heavy drug user at the time. And there were these allegations of other things that were going on with, with the DeFeo family. So who knows? Uh, we'll, I guess there's also a story of there was a time before the murders that occurred that he did pull a shotgun and pointed at his father. Uh, and he did pull the trigger, but the gun jammed. So there was that history that he had of violence, I guess, or, or the threat of violence against his own family. So that's also something that you could say, well, yeah, I mean, he, he had a history of it, so he probably did do it. But the, the thing is, how did he do it? We still don't know. Hmm. He says he heard voices in one of his stories. Uh, there was another story he told where one of his sisters helped him. It's it's tough to say. It's really tough to say how, how any of this went down. So we know he's still alive. He's, he's still serving six life sentences. And... His story probably is different now than it was two weeks ago. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? So, yeah, but that, to me, that's the big mystery. The, the hauntings themselves, I don't believe they happened. I think it was just all something that was made up for profit, and uh, somebody or, or a lot of people profited handsomely off of it. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, hey, you had books. You had a movie, uh, several movies. Have you not been entertained? <laughs> and that, I guess that's what it's all about, right? So that's, yeah, that's where I, I land with that one. I mean, maybe yeah. someday we can do a story or a story. We can do a podcast just about the murders themselves and all the different things that, all the different <laughs> mysteries surrounding them, all the different details. But as far as the haunting goes, yeah, I don't think there's much to it. I think it's mm-hmm. all just made up malarkey. Alrighty then. Yeah. Do you, do you have any final thoughts about the Amityville horror before we start to wrap it up here today? No, I think you've, brought some good information to like so when okay yeah a few things like i obviously we want people to tell us you know what they think have they had any experiences have they heard anything different than what we've talked about you probably have i'm, I'm gonna say right now you probably there's probably people listening going well you didn't mention this or you got this detail wrong or this but 
again, I did the best I could because there's so much information that's different from all the different sources. And so, yeah, there may be some things I left out. There may be some things that I said that you think are inaccurate, but these are based off the different sources that I chose to use. I want to throw a challenge out there for hearers and watchers. (laughs) Can people say Amityville three times fast? Get yourself on video (laughs) and put it on our Twitter (laughs) account. There you go. Yes. Put it up there. Send it to us on Twitter and tag us and say Amityville, Amityville, Amityville. I did it. But try to do it faster than that. I'm curious because I always mess it up. I have been practicing for like a week to try to make sure I can say it. Because I want to just say it the wrong way. I don't know if that's scary or if that's admirable. I don't know which one it is. I wanted to do a good job. And and funnily enough, I'm the one that's messed it up. Because I messed you up. Because I'm (laughs) like, my brain wants to make it like A-N-M, animity. (laughs) Animity. I'll just call it Amityville. Good grief. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we, we... Go ahead. What? Take a video of yourself. Yeah, send that. us a video. Doing it three times fast. I'm sure, See if you can sure, do it. I'm sure that'll be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, if, if there's anything you want to add to this, please, by all means, let us know. Any personal stories? If you've ever lived in the area or know somebody who has. Yeah, have you ever uh, driven by the house and checked it out? I don't, I don't think anybody was ever really allowed to go in there. Um, except for, I, I, I think that the Warrens did investigate it but again anything that the warrens were involved in i immediately go no anybody was their family like a home inspector or something that worked in the house anything yeah anything any stories let us know yeah please love different points of view and perspectives yeah 100 percent. same here um and you can reach us we have uh social media accounts are twitter at homewrecker pod are we back on instagram no okay Still not working. So still can't get on Instagram for I'm going to try reason. like not going on for a couple more weeks again. I did it for a while. I don't know what it is. I, then I was reading like if you use too many hashtags. I was like, I was told use a lot of hashtags. So maybe, I don't know. Forget Instagram. We have a parlor. Are we, are we using the parlor? Yes. Par- okay. Yes. We, we use parlor. We have parlor. At Homewrecker Pod. And our website. Homewreckerpodcast.com. Yes. So feel free to please reach out to us there. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think about this show. Got anything to add? Anything you want to dispute? By all means. And, and I know another place that people can get in touch with us is through the comment section on uh, YouTube. Yes. And also yes. Brighteon. Yes. Where, YouTube and Brighteon. Yeah, where you can watch us as well as hear us. Mm-hmm. So check that stuff out as well. We put all the links, of course, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So and check subscribe out. and like, please. Yeah. Wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hit that subscribe button. If you get a minute too and you don't mind, leave us a five-star review. If you want to leave us a, an actual review, by all means, please. We, we, we love the feedback. We love, uh, mm-hmm. we love hearing all that stuff, good yes. and bad. We're obviously not always going to please everybody, no. and, and, and we're, we're aware of that. That's but fine. Just don't be mean, please. You yeah, can we, say what you want to say and not be mean. <laughs> if, if you don't mind. If now, you don't now, mind. Now you know, you by you saying that, we're going to get a bunch <laughs> of troll like, comments. They fucking suck. Out. This this couple, what's wrong with them? Yeah. They're the worst. Mm. So, yeah, so that's that. Now, um, any idea what we're going to talk about next week? I know we have a handful of things we want to talk about. We well, why don't you go ahead and name one, right? Missing 411. Another missing possibly. 411. Wait, no, 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 possibly. Well, it's coming up. Pick one. I don't know if right it's going to be next week. 
pick it right now. Put you on the spot. I don't want to be put on the spot because there's a number of things that could come up in the meantime that we might uh, want to put out first. Man. Okay, so possibly next week. Why are you going to be like that? I mean, think about that. Possibly next week we're going to maybe talk about something. Fine. Just pick one. Because we talked about having somebody else come on the show. So if that happens first, that's all I'm saying. Why you got to nail me down to have to like, yes, this is what we're doing. It's not for me. It's for the watchers and the hearers. The viewers and listeners, it's for them so they know what to look forward to. But if you want to leave it ambiguous and a mystery, fine. Join us next week to find out what we're going to be talking about. There you go. Fair? There it is. So, you have anything else you want to add before we sign off this week? Nope. All right. I'm getting the death stare <laughs> right now. I'm getting that, you son of a bitch. Why are you going to be get, like that? I'm getting that look. So... <laughs> so as soon as I hit stop and recording, you oh man, I should just keep it recording without telling you, <laughs> so everybody can hear what you say to me. I think I might do that. <laughs> of course, now it was oh, geez, you just gave away the spot, guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's a good thing I love you. All right, all right. So until next time, everybody, thank you for listening. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I've been joined as always by my beautiful. Gorgeous, amazing, lovely. Did I say lovely already? No. My trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. <laughs>